Hi, I'm Megan Knight, and you're listening to my interview on Pop Nerd Lounge. Welcome to Pop Nerd Lounge, the show where we share the stories of creatives to inspire fellow creatives. I'm your host, Steph Pham. For our season 13 finale, singer-songwriter Megan Knight joins the lounge. She's an American Idol alum appearing on season 18. In 2018, Megan released her first co-produced album, State of Mind, which earned her top regard with 93.7 WSDW as EP of the Year. Join us for a chat about manifestation, her EP, Mind Drama, and consistency for creatives. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my talk with Megan Knight. Welcome to Popner Lounge. My guest today is Megan Knight. Megan, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. What has been your favorite venue to perform at? I would definitely have to say the Queen in Wilmington or the Troc in Philly before they got rid of that venue because it was awesome. I remember actually seeing Casey Musgraves play at the Trocadero and I was standing in the crowd and I was looking up with my family and I was like, oh my God, I want to play on that stage so bad. And I guess I accidentally manifested it and I was playing on that stage like three months later. It was crazy. It was crazy. But that was definitely one of my favorites. So either that or the queen. Love it. And manifesting uh, things into reality. Man, you have something about that, right? Including your American Idol journey, which we will talk about in a little bit. Yeah. I don't know what's been happening. I've gotten heavily into spirituality and ever since that has happened, doors just fly open. I'm a heavy believer in manifestation and, you know, affirmations. In an interview, you said that your parents were huge music advocates, but a dusty guitar in the corner was calling your name. So talk to me about exploring music at such a young age. So my parents have always been the type to have radios blasting at like level 5 billion. Like you should not even be listening to music that loud. Like it was heavily influenced in this house, constant 24 seven. And so I just never really thought much of it because, you know, I just grew up around it and that's how I became as well. I would always turn up the music and it just became second nature, but I never even thought of being a musician or anything. I just always loved it. And my dad knew a few chords on a guitar. He was gifted for Christmas and, um, I always loved entertaining just because I'm like a little fireball of energy since birth. I'm always like, everybody just sit down. I'm going to entertain you. Whether it was like dancing or putting on my own show or whatever it was, I just picked up the guitar and just openly strummed it. and was like being a kid in front of a camera, just making jokes and making my own show. And I was like, maybe I should learn how to play this thing. So that's what wound up happening. But I just kind of fell into it. It was never like something I set out to do. It was just definitely, I guess, meant to happen, which is a further story on how I got started. But yeah. Can you tell me about the first time you headlined your own show? Um, so actually, yeah, that actually rolls right into that story I was just talking about. Yeah. So uh, I learned guitar in my bedroom on YouTube and my mom was like, you have to play for humans. And I was like, Oh God, here we go. No, I don't want to. (laughs) I wouldn't even sing for her, but she's like, okay, you're going just do it for me. And I'm like, how do you tell your mom? No. So whatever. And I did it. And I was horrified. I was so scared. I was always very shy, even though it doesn't sound like it. I wasn't shy around my family, but I was shy in public. And I played and 
that was the first time I ever played for an audience and people were crying and they were moved by the song. And I was like, what the heck is happening? The music's healing. It touches people. And it was like, I will never forget that moment. It was mind blowing to me. And I was asked to headline my own show that first night I ever played live. So then two months or a month later, I played at this place called Coffee Works, which was the open mic place. They hired me to come in and do a full show. And that show led to another one and another one and another one. I'm like, I guess this is my life path. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> well, like I mentioned before, uh, you were on American Idol. And despite contestants having either positive or negative experiences on these reality competition shows, what's something that you learned from being on American Idol? I learned that, I don't know, you have to like turn everything on with the flip of a switch and be prepared for the unexpected because I had a surprise audition on a yacht and I was nowhere near mentally prepared for this event. And I look back at the intro to my uh, audition and I cringe so much because I really was caught so off guard. My voice was like, I God. And I was like, oh, now we know to never do that again. <laughs> but that's like something I really took away from the show is like learning how to control your emotions. But <laughs> I also I also learned, I guess, like within myself to that it's OK to remain authentic. Because I know on those shows, they want you to like spice up, you know, the truth of reality. But I'm like big on authenticity and you can hear it in my writing. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to stay true to myself anyway. So I guess I learned that as well. Um, but yeah, I also learned manifestation is real through that whole process because I made a funny joke to my family when we were standing in line looking at the yacht because we were cold. And I'm like, I wonder if the judges are on there. Like, it looks so nice and blah, 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 blah. I want to go on the yacht as a joke and nobody was around. And then I wound up being selected as the one person to be on the yacht. I was like, what the heck? Watch what you wish for. That's something I learned too. <laughs> Watch what you wish for. Tell me about your favorite part of being on American Idol. I would have to say all the friends that I made, to be honest, because now I have friends across the country that all do what I do for a living. And I think that's awesome because when you're so consumed in it, I feel like you don't really have the time to enjoy other artists and musicians as much as you would like to and make those connections because you're so busy doing your own shows and all of that. Um, so I feel like that's something I took away from the show that will last forever, you know, very grateful for that. What's something that you go through as an artist that others might not understand? I would have to say the pressure, I guess, of being in front of people all the time, because I've been doing this since I was 13 and, you know, it's like all the awkward stages, the days you don't look the best and it takes a lot of a toll on your mental health, I think, like a big toll. And that is something that I've like overcome recently. But I feel like that's a lot of people don't understand that about me when I'm hanging out with friends and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, no, like, like I'll, I'll like react different ways in different situations where it's like they're careless and they don't think the way my brain has been wired to think or I'm like oh, I just don't look right like I can't go out and they're like Megan you're off like it doesn't it doesn't matter like what you look like but there's been so many times I've been caught off guard and like look like not my best in a video or picture and that's like definitely affected me so it's just something I feel like a lot of people wouldn't understand unless you're like in the spotlight all the time or like getting pictures taken of you all the time it's a lot to deal with 
What advice would you give creatives who struggle with consistency? I would say, you know, every day when you wake up out of bed, just force yourself until it becomes a habit. I forget how many days they said it takes to develop a habit, like 28 or something. I don't remember, but if you just keep doing it, eventually you're just not going to think about it and consistency will just be a no brainer. So just get through that painful little interval of time and you'll be, you'll be golden. Some advice you mentioned you wish you knew at the start uh, was to record yourself more often and learn from the progress. Do you do this now and does it help strengthen your skill set? Yes, I actually try to convince my mom to record me at my show so I can do that, but she always forgets. I don't know how or why. I have a million shows a week, but when I do watch the videos back, it's very, very helpful. And I should do that more. So maybe I'll just set up my own phone in the corner and learn from it. Cause then I learn when other people take videos of me and then they're like posted online. And I'm like, okay, yeah. if I just like caught that for myself and then, you know, sorted something out that I noticed in the video in my own time before now it's on the internet, that would have been great. But, but, you know, sometimes you have to learn the hard way and that's really how the lessons stick in there too. It absolutely. I little slight tangent. I used to dance and the way that I learned to become a better dancer was to actually tape myself either through my lessons or like when I, whenever I competed and it video doesn't lie. <laughs> it it does not tell, lie. Yeah. It will tell you things. You're like, Oh, I didn't know I did that. So yeah, it's a great learning tool. And I appreciate it that you mentioned that that was a way to help learn and monitor your progress was to record yourself because right video doesn't lie so I appreciate that it's amazing that you still do that and you learn from it yeah I mean I have videos from when I was 11 years old um doing these like funny singing videos but I swear one day I'm going to release some of this footage that I have just for people to laugh at because it like not in a bad way but I was just a goofball and just the progress though, because you can hear the little voice inside me and you can see how much stronger it gets through the years. I think it's kind of cool to be able to look back at something and actually see the growth. Because when you're living in the moment all the time, it's like you don't really think about it. And then you look back and you're like, whoa, that's like a different girl. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, exactly. Like um, not not to laugh at it, but you, you appreciate the you know, your journey and how far you've come just watching footage like that. You're like, there was a dreamer in there. She, she had a starting point and now she, you know, you trained yourself and you've gotten better. And so, yeah, that's what, another reason why I love video as a tool. So yeah, yeah. Appreciate that. Hey nerds. Thank you for sticking around with us. We hope you're enjoying the episodes so far. We're always looking to improve the show. So any and all feedback you can give us is greatly appreciated. We're also constantly on the lookout for creatives to feature so if you think you'd be perfect or know someone we should speak to, let us know. We can be reached over on our contact page at popnerdlounge.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the episode. Let's talk about your EP, My Drama. I read that you wanted to take a situation that you were going through and turn it into something positive, which I love. I love that thought process. So talk about the EP and did you feel like you met that intention? now that it's out in the world? I definitely do feel like I have already helped people and that was my intention. The reason why I got into music in the first place was um, to heal people after that first show that I 
explained to you. And when I saw you can move people through music, I'm like, all right, that's all I want to do with this gift that I was given. You know, I feel like everybody on earth is here for some sort of purpose. And I always fell so naturally into music. I feel like that was what I was meant to do to bring change to the world. So I feel like that record has already done it for people um, from hearing their stories and feedback. They just will put it on a loop. And the whole process is putting you through the five stages of grief over and over and walking through the journey with me until you're healed. And that's something that I needed when I, when I wrote the record and uh, I, I couldn't find a record that did do that. So I was like, I'm going to be the one to do it then. And hopefully this helps people because when I was going through that time, I definitely wanted something to lean on. Writing's always been very cathartic to me. So it worked out for both me and the listeners in the process. I talked to creatives on here and, and sometimes their projects or what they do was born out of wanting to create that thing that they needed in certain scenarios. And I love that, like, that's how your EP came to be was that, you know, this could have been something that you needed whenever you were going through that experience. And now that you're passing it on to your listeners who probably yeah. need it in their, their personal scenarios. And I love that you're being that light for them that you needed. And so, yeah, it's a circle of life. Or exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. In, in exactly. this creative process. So yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I always feel so good when you can touch people through music and help them. Uh, I, I just sit there usually at the end of my shows and I always take time to the people that have enjoyed, have enjoyed the show and listen to their stories and hearing how music can really affect their lives is absolutely insane to me. And I think it's just such a gift to be able to write and do that for people, heal people. And I hope to do that forever. <laughs> My favorite song off the EP is Nova Kane. Can you share a little bit about the story behind the record? So thank you very much, first of all. Nova Kane was actually the first single off the project to get picked up from Spotify for their curated lists. Like I've been on plenty of playlists on Spotify, but that was the first time it was like the fresh finds country or whatever it was. And out of all the songs in the EP, I'm like, whoa, the ballad, like how cool is this? But Novocaine is just about getting to the point in a relationship where you're so worn down and so tired that it's just like, I, I, I'm at such a high level of pain. It's just like, I can't even handle anything anymore. I, I can't feel anything. Like listen to the lyrics. It's like, now I'm from the Novocaine. I can't feel anything. Uh, you know, it really felt that way for a long time. And, you know, you're trying to repair something for so long and you're not making any progress. It's kind of like, what do I do at this point? And eventually as you continue listening to the record and listen to the other songs and piece them all together, you realize there is light at the end of the tunnel, that feeling and that emotion does not last forever, no matter how you feel in that current situation. But you reach the bridge of Novocaine and you're like, I'm learning my lesson. You know, there's there's that hope. It, it all is resolved in the end. But then it ends on a chorus where you're still like back, you know, I can't feel anything anymore. So it's just showing you like healing is not linear. It is a wave like you're going to be feeling that and you're not going to be making much sense sometimes and probably in your own brain. And you're like, I thought I felt right. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was healed. And then you're back on the, the floor again. But, you know, that's just life. Healing is not linear at all. And that's something that I learned. And this record teaches people, you know, like this is normal. You're not crazy, you know. <laughs> And just a little sidebar, uh, while I was listening to the record, 
that song in particular was giving me Tennessee whiskey, Chris Stapleton vibes. And I just like, I wanted to give you a compliment to that because I I don't know. Not only did I feel what you were singing about, but it, it just took me to that place whenever I was hearing that song in particular. That's a huge compliment. Thank you. I love Chris. <laughs> well, I can tell from this EP and other projects um, that collaboration and co-writers are a huge part of your musical journey. Why should artists be more open to collaborating with other creatives? Wow. Co-writing has become one of my favorite things on the planet. So the reason why I love it so much is because when you're sitting there writing, Sometimes you can have this one thought and you're just stuck there staring at the paper for so long. You're like, what am I missing? Like, what, what is it? What is it? What is it? But when you're in a room with a few co-writers, one person in five seconds will just be like, oh, this is it. Because your three brains working is usually what I work with. It's usually a three person right. And it's just, you always have each other's back. And then you're like, oh, that's it. And it's, the songs like write themselves. I mean, even when I write myself, like, I feel like my ideas come from like someplace else if you listen to a lot of other artists they'll say the same thing like jack white i think it was him that said it felt like he came from like a satellite or something it was getting fed to him i feel like that i feel like it's always an out-of-body experience when i write but especially when you're working with other creatives and other co-writers it's the same thing it's like a very divine process i feel like a very spiritual one when you're really in that mindset i'm sure with dance and everything you did that it's like eventually you get like lost in it it's like you know, it becomes spiritual at some point, but yeah, yeah. The, the whole co-writing process has changed my life because I think when you take that power of whatever that is, and then you throw two more minds into it, at least like it, it gets crazy. You open up all these new doors and all these new ideas. I love it. Oh, I love it too. No, I, I love a good shout out moment. So who do you want to shout out that made this record in particular possible? Your, your EP, my drama. Actually, I would like to thank first all of my supporters and fans because to make this record, I actually organized a GoFundMe and they made this possible. And we did live sessions in the studio and all these different things for the record and they made all of this possible. So I just want to thank all my fans and all my supporters up front. And then I also want to thank Jimmy Nutt and James LeBlanc, which were my co-writers on most of these tracks. I think Hard Way to Go is the only one that I wrote by myself. But other than that, it was truly a collaborative process in the whole entire journey. And um, it's been great. It's been such an awesome process. And I got to thank my parents, too, because without them, this definitely wouldn't have happened either. Now, Megan, I ask this to everybody, but I want to know your answer to this. Why are you a creative? I am a creative because I love healing people. Like I was telling you before, I feel like it definitely was my mission to come to earth and, you know, maybe go through some trauma, suffer a little bit, learn, convert that into, you know, music and give it to people as, you know, something that they need and that's how I've kind of always approached music since I was 13 years old and that's why I'm very grateful and blessed to be a creative because it always has have it's like been more than music forever it's just been um like a soul's purpose to me so yeah that's why I love being a creative so much well Megan you've just been absolutely fantastic to speak with Uh, I'm going to turn the floor over to you and you can tell our listener where to 
can find you on social media, where they can check your music out, and yeah, anything else you, you would like to plug. So my website is MeganKnightMusic.com. You can find signed posters and CDs on there. You can also find my tour dates, and uh, there's like a little mail thing you can sign up, and we'll be uh, announcing different things. My Instagram and Twitter is MeganKnight20. I'll also be announcing you know new music on there, and my Facebook is MeganKnightMusic. And my TikTok now, I forgot TikTok's a big thing, is MegKnight20. Yeah. Fabulous. Well, Megan, thank you so much for speaking with me. I had an absolute pleasure talking to you, and you have just been so delightful to speak with. Always great talking to you. Thank you for having me. Special thanks to Megan for being this episode's guest. If you want to learn more about Megan, visit the links in the show notes. Before I send it to the outro, I want to say a thank you to everybody who made the season possible. From my right-hand producer, V. Co., to all of the PR and management firms who helped us secure guests for the season. And I also want to say a thank you to all of the guests that pitched themselves to be on our show. I know I don't take it for granted whenever someone chooses our platform to share their story. So to all of our guests, a massive thank you. And to you, the listeners, I want to say thank you for your continued support. It always warms my heart to know that there are people on the other side of our show that believe in the same message that we do, that creatives need to be seen, and that there needs to be more empathy in the world. So thank you, and I hope you tune in to our brand new season coming up. And without further ado, take it away, outro me. Popular Lounges is executive produced by Steph Pham and V. Co. Steph Pham is the host and editor. V. Co. is the creative director. You can find our social media, our blog, and past and current episodes all conveniently on our website at popnerlounge.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you tune in next time for another conversation with a fellow creative. For Popner Lounge, I'm Steph Fan. <laughs>